Hello everyone and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi and I'm here with Kevin Close. Hey everybody. And as you can tell, we are not in our regular studio. Uh, we are actually in our home in Florida. A little bit different setting, a little bit different background for you guys. Um, there's a reason for this. Uh, we're going to talk to you this week about our Christmas cruise, specifically our Viking River cruise where we went to the Christmas markets. So we thought it would be fun if we gave you a little shot from our house with our Christmas tree in the background. Um, I realized that perhaps when you watch this, it might not be Christmas anymore. So I wanted to let you know that we are not insane. We do not have Christmas trees up all year round. This is a special occasion for us. So we're gonna get started. Um, we knew this as two parts. It was a great cruise, we had a great time, but I think uh, I'd like to do is I'd like to break it up into the cruise ship, the cruise experience, um, booking the cruise, all that stuff first, and then part two will be the actual ports that we stopped in and the actual Christmas markets. Excellent. All right, so Kevin, tell us a little bit about why we chose this cruise. What happened that made you want to do this cruise? On the Viking website, there are videos you can watch about different cruises, and there is a video about going to the Christmas markets along the Danube. And I have watched this video, I'm gonna guess 300 times. And we decided a year or two ago that we were going to do it and ran into the fact that everything was sold out. You couldn't get a, a stateroom on the ship, they were full. So we decided, I really wanted to do this cruise. So we decided 18 months before the cruise that we were going to go in December of 2018. So I booked 18 months in advance and we waited all that time and it was everything I had hoped it would be. As a matter of fact, I think on several occasions I would scream from my office to your office, you're not watching this video again, are you? And then I sent it, I would tell people that we were going on the cruise and they would express interest. So I would send them a link to this video and usually within 48 hours I had their credit card asking them, please ask them asking me to please book it for us. There were 12 of us on the cruise we went on. We left December 9th from Budapest. Uh, something I do want to mention is if you are excited about this and you find that you want to do this and there's a cruise you're interested in, um, I don't know that you can travel in 2018. Um, I haven't really checked that deeply, but I'm assuming that these are going to be filled up now. So contact Kevin, Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com if you're interested in one of these and he'll start to look for it. But you may have to wait until 2019. And 2019 dates are out. Yeah. These are very popular cruises and I think you'll find out why. There was not a single stateroom on our ship available. So we were on the Viking ship. As I mentioned, it's one of their river cruises. It's one of their long boats or long ships, I guess they call it. Uh, we had been on a similar ship on our uh, Paris to Normandy cruise. We talked about that on our previous show. So the ship was very similar. What was the name of the ship? The Paris ship? No, the ship we're on now. Egil. Egil. E-G-I-L. And every time we said it, it was wrong. Someone <laughs> no matter us. what we said, someone would tell no. us that's not the way you said it. No matter, and we said it every way they said it. No, that's not right. So we uh, were familiar with the ship, which was nice. You know, it was like we knew where everything was, and it's not a big ship anyway, so it's not like you can get lost. But it was just cool to sort of, you know, a little bit of coming home, kind of. Some of the differences was that um, were that the ship was a little bit different decor. 
Um, I remember the other ship was a little bit darker in woods. These are a little lighter in woods. However, still beautiful ship. Uh, common spaces are gorgeous. Our room was fantastic. And this one was decorated for Christmas. It was, and I think one of the things that surprised us was how subtle it was. You kind of expected, oh, I know I expected it to be a little bit more over the top, but you'll see in the pictures that I'll put up uh, in the show is that they are kind of subtle in their decorating. I find Christmas decorations in Europe more subtle than those in the United States anyway. Now, I'm sitting in front of my Christmas tree so you can see that subtle isn't in my repertoire, but it, the Christmas decorations in Europe are more, they're less, they're less American. Yep. And uh, one of the interesting things about this cruise was when we got on, there's a, a bar and a lounge. Um, it kind of doubles as a meeting space to find out about your cruise and the cruise director talks, but it's also a place to hang out and have a drink. And it's a multi-purpose room. Multi-purpose room, even lunch is served there. And they had a tree that was not decorated for the first couple days of our cruise. And we were um, kind of freaked out by it. We were kind of wondering, why is this, you know, why are they doing this? And it turns out that during the cruise, they have an activity where everybody decorates an ornament and you put the ornament on the tree. So it kind of becomes uh, you know, a family thing. You're on the cruise, you all decorate the tree together. Uh, and then the weird thing was, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the day we left, uh, we stayed on the ship a little while until our um, hotel room was ready in our destination, and they took all the ornaments off. They were getting it ready for the next group. So it was fun. Um, ship is beautiful, as I mentioned. We were familiar with the ship. Um, we had a, the same stateroom we had last time. You want to talk a little bit about our stateroom? Uh, there's several levels of stateroom. There's several categories. John and I choose the largest category stateroom. It's called the Explorer Suite. And on the long ships, there are two of them on the back of the ship, one on each side. And they have a bedroom and they have a living room. Now, we chose to choose this because we like a lot of space, but we're... <laughs> I was just going to um, say, if you hear something squeak, it might be our dog, Sophie. Uh, yes, we are filming at home, so Sam and Sophie are sitting right by our feet looking at us like, what are you doing? We not only enjoy the larger stateroom for ourselves, but we are traveling with um, a bunch of friends. And what this, what this does is offer us, we call it the clubhouse. There's a sofa and a couple of chairs and a desk, and we find it a kind of private place to hang out with our friends as opposed to a more public place where other people would be around. Right. Um, some of the things about this ship that was similar to the last ship and that it's a small crew, a smaller crew than of course an ocean cruise. However, the crew does everything. They are multitasking, they are doing mul multiple jobs. Uh oh, there's Samson. Samson has come to visit and be on the show. Uh, there are multiple, they do multiple jobs. They uh, are always running around the ship, super friendly. Again, I mentioned this on, on the last cruise we talked about, the last Viking River cruise. People talk about the service on a Disney ship. This is above and beyond. This, Absolutely. I mean, they really go out of their way for us. And I want to mention that, um, I want to mention something that happened that I think sort of epitomizes this level of service. There is a cruise director. There's the guy who's sort of managing everything. And then there's also the, um, concierge guy. Even though there's not a concierge, they call their desk the concierge desk. And they will help you with anything from 
reservations at, on, at ports of call to arranging transportation. To Dinner like reservations that. in the ports of call. Awesome stuff. They do a lot of stuff. So early on in the cruise, um, every night you get a, a, a newspaper, a mini newspaper like you do on most cruises, that lets you know what's going on the next day. And it talks about where the port, where the ship is docking. It talks about what's near the port. It talks about what the included um, excursion is for that day. Your time back on board. Time on, off the ship, on the ship, if the ship moves. And uh, after the first night, I looked at it. Let me just back up and say, the, one of the issues I had was it came very late at night. It came like after dinner and we were getting ready for bed. And I found this a difficult way for us to plan the next day. And I realize some of you will say, well, you know, you should do research in advance. But I was really looking for things like uh, where we were docked, what was near the dock. I also took into consideration weather. Um, we had some folks with us who were, had some mobility issues. So we were looking at sort of making our next day plans sort of at the last minute. And because this newspaper came so late in the day, I went to the desk and I said, listen, the next day's activities are too strenuous for my group. I'd like to arrange a car. And he said, well, you're too late. He said, I can't arrange a car tonight or tomorrow. Tonight they're closed. Tomorrow it will be too late to get you a car. So I said, well, the problem I have is your newspaper comes too late for me to make these plans. Samson's bored with me. To make these plans. So... You know, I really want to be able to figure this out in advance so I know what to do for my group. And he sat down with me, pencil and paper. We went through every day. We went through every port. He even would go so far as to say, listen, knowing what your challenges are, I don't recommend you do this. I re recommend you do that. Or here's what I can do for you. So that allowed me to really plan the rest of the cruise in advance with the only exception being weather. I was still leery about making sure the weather was okay for say walking around and nobody was gonna be uncomfortable. John mentioned something about the ship moving. It's not uncommon when you dock in a certain port in one of the cities along the river that the ship stays there for a couple of hours and then moves further up or down river depending on which way you're going. So you don't always return to the same spot that where you got off the ship. So you need to know that as you're getting off, that if you're part of an excursion, they'll know enough to bring you to the next destination. If you're booking a car or going out on your own, you need this information because you then have to find the next docking position. And sometimes it's 45 minutes away. Again, having that information in advance really helped me plan uh, what we would do as a group. I want to also point out with uh, this particular cruise, we experienced something that we didn't in the past, which was that the Viking ships docked parallel to each other. Is that how you would describe it? The side by side, side by side. Side by side at a port. So there would have been a port where either people walk through our ship to get to their ship or one port we walked through two ships. It was kind of unusual ship. because you got on the ship and they had rearranged the furniture. Right, exactly. And the crew was different. It was a little disconcerting at first. You know, then you see the person from your ship waving you on to the next one. It's not unusual for four or five of them to dock side by side. So because there's only one dock and there's five ships visiting the same port. We had heard about this happening uh, before the last cruise we took and we didn't experience it. So it was, I thought it was neat because you get a chance to see other ships. 
like even though they're the same basic layout, they all have their own personality. They all have their own flavor. So I thought that was great. And they did a really good job. They would lay rugs between the ships. It was all very safe and very yeah, secure. Very safe, for sure. Um, let's talk a little bit about food on this cruise. Um, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner pretty much every day. Uh, there would be times when lunch was a little bit less than others because they expected you to be out in port. The vast majority of people they thought would be off the ship. Right, doing other stuff. The uh, breakfasts were fantastic. Um, there was a lot to choose from. There was a guy making omelets. Let's go back just a second and say, um, we have dogs. Uh, the meals on the ship all take place in the same dining room. Right. There are not a huge amount of public spaces. There's the multi-purpose room that has a bar. It's a nightclub. It's a lunch space. There's It encompasses the Akavit Terrace, which is an outdoor dining area. Wasn't open on this cruise because we were on, uh, it was winter. But the other main space is the dining room. And the dining room is used every single day. The menus change from day to day, but each day, everybody goes to the dining room and they all go to the dining room at the same time for dinner. Uh, breakfast is a range of time, usually 6.30 till 9. Depending on when we dock, right. you know, it could be a Lunch little bit later Lunch is the same uh, Breakfast was almost always the same. Again, there was an omelet station. And there was a buffet, there was a pastries, there's all, but you can also order off the menu. Right, and then again, I was going to say. Or any combination of that. Then there was a, a menu where you could get uh, eggs benedict or pancakes. Uh, and also, you could go to the person making the omelet and get anything. There was a day when I got sunny side up eggs, but there would always be bacon and potatoes, uh, lots of pastries, breads, um, bagels, croissants. locks, croissants. Really, really, I, I think breakfast was fantastic every day. I did too. And because you had breakfast in the same place, you thought, oh, you know, this is going to get boring. It never got boring because of the choices you had and the things you could do at breakfast. I agree. Lunches were a little different, uh, different menus depending on the day, different options. Always lighter uh, service for lunch, but certainly good and delicious. There's a salad area, a salad bar, and then there are things you can order off the menu again. Uh, as Kevin mentioned, dinner was the same every night. Uh, one of the things that we did on our cruise was, um, again, going back to that service level, because it's an open dining space and it's pretty much anywhere you want to go, you can sit. And I knew this from the last cruise. I wanted to make sure that we sat together, our group of 12 mm -hmm. total, sat together, at least near each other, but preferably at one table. So I went to the concierge gentleman and I said, listen, I know we're not supposed to reserve tables. I know you don't want us to do this, but I'd really like us to sit together. And I know that your biggest table seats eight which means I'm going to have eight and four, or I'm going to have six and six. What can you do to help me? And he could not have been better. He was like, let's go in the dining room. Let's look and see what we can do. He goes, I can push these two tables of six together, and I can make it um, for, for you guys for every night. And what, I think what happens on a cruise ship like this, too, is people get sort of after the first couple of nights, they get used to who they're sitting with. So they did this for other people, too. Yeah. There were other large parties that had not reserved tables, but tables reserved for them. Right. And I think people who are sitting together usually will sit together the rest of the cruise and get to know each other. But I thought this was a great option. Now, I do want to talk about the food at dinner for a little bit. We had been, again, I'm going to talk about it, say it again, we've been on the Normandy, the Paris and Normandy cruise, and the food was spectacular. The food was, I could not say enough good things about the food. Every night the food got better. 
I did not find that to be true of this cruise. The food was good and there were plenty of options, but I did not find the quality of the food the same. Also, what we all sort of mentioned was, here we are in Germany and we are not eating German food. We expected schnitzel and sauerbraten and all really good stuff. And it was not that, it was other things were offered. And I do want to say one more thing. I think one day I posted pictures there was a, a menu option for that night that appealed to none of us. Everybody looked at the menu and went, none of this sounds good. So they do offer a steak or chicken or salmon prepared as you like it. So that was a nice option. That's available every single night. Right. So that was a nice option for the nights that you, you couldn't find anything. So again, we were a little disappointed in the food, not as good as our last cruise. And again, because it wasn't that German food, we were a little surprised at that. They did do German night one night, where they did bring out pretzels and uh, beer, beer and uh, whole different choices. And um, we were not impressed with the quality of the food that night. No. Um, every night there's three or four uh, entrees, two or three uh, appetizers and a soup, and then you always have the always there stuff, the steak, the chicken, and the salmon. And it was, again, we expected there to be a German offering. We were sailing through Austria and Germany, and there wasn't. But one night we did have a fried chicken and waffles. For those of you who have been listening to the Diz Unplugged podcast for many years, you'll understand that that's kind of an inside joke. I didn't know what chicken and waffles were at one time. But they had an apple cider maple syrup glaze. And all I can tell you is, I think 12 plates went back licked. The food was excellent. There were spots where the food was really good, and then there were spots when it seemed like there was a bunch of misses. So now we've had one where we loved every dinner, and now we've had one where some of it was okay. Some of it was good, and some of it was just okay. Right. But I don't think it, it didn't detach, it didn't take away from the quality of our trip. We had a great vacation. Um, we enjoyed the company of our fellow travelers. Um, there was quite a bit of drinking, so there was quite a bit of <laughs> revelry during our cruise. Uh, a lot of laughing, we had a really good time. No one went away hungry, for sure. Oh my wasn't, gosh, no. It wasn't the type of thing where I'm hungry tonight. Um, we just had a good time. So, all of those things considered, love the ship, love this style of ship, love our stateroom. Um, the service cannot be better, in my opinion. I don't know how they could improve on their service. Let's talk about some other things about staterooms. We went on a cruise where the weather was very nice. That was in early October. We went from Paris to Normandy, and it was autumn weather. And the outside areas of the ship were open. So there was a lot of times that people would go find a space outside and watch the countryside go by. On this trip, it was chilly. Uh, Day, almost every day was around 30 degrees so it wasn't exactly weather where you could enjoy outside I think they actually closed the outside spaces for right. folks so uh, the, the upper deck was actually even closed because we say actually a lot uh, so what we realized was we had some folks who bought or purchased rented booked staterooms that were small and basically a bed nightstands in a bathroom. And what we found was when other spaces were not available to them, that room seemed a little too small. 
So if you're going on a cruise where you think you're going to be in your room a lot, you might want to look at moving up a little bit and getting a little more space. There's also not that big a difference between categories of staterooms until you get into the much larger staterooms. So that's just a, a thing to think about. If you think I'm going to be in my room a little bit or a lot, you might want to consider getting a room that has a little bit more room for you. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, a lot of times on cruise ships, balcony is a big deal. Mm -hmm. I have to have a balcony, I have to have a balcony. You know, this, it was cold. It was absolutely... We had a balcony and we only went out there to see how cold it was. Right. Oh, it's cold. Go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> this seemed like a good idea at the time. So, um, the dogs are playing by the camera stand. So... And all of a sudden, we disappear. <laughs> we go sideways. It's because the dogs are playing. So, you know, again, something to consider was, you know, did you really need a balcony on this cruise? You know, we always enjoy having the balcony. It feels like it extends the room, but it was too cold to go outside and sit outside. However, one day um, we actually had snow. I'm sorry, say actually again, it snowed, and this was a big deal, especially for our friends from Texas. <laughs> it's snowing outside. It's like okay, it's great. The other thing that was a big deal at first was going through the locks. And the first day, everybody ran to a room with a balcony or up to where the windows were on the main deck and watched us go through the locks. By day six, everybody had the opinion of, oh boy, it's another lock. Ooh, another lock. Um, this cruise for us had much more sailing. There was much more time where we were uh, on the river, moving from location to location. This is something we enjoyed a lot. Uh, of course, we love the, the Christmas markets. We'll talk more about those. But just being on this ship while it's moving, like being in the dining room, and watching things go by is fantastic. Um, the captain will come on or um, another crew member will come on the intercom and tell you about some of the things you're seeing and you know, look at this side of the ship and you'll see this or look at this side of the ship and you'll see that. So it's always a lot of fun to do this, the sailing portion of it. In case you haven't noticed, Samson wants to be part of everything we do. Right. Samson's and not part of the podcast. He's a little bit needy and we're sitting here talking so he wants to be between us. Sorry. Anything else we want to mention about the cruise itself, about the ship, about some of the things that happened on board? You should go. You should go. And you should go to the Christmas markets. This is the same itinerary that you do during the other times of the year. So you're visiting the same ports. The difference is the ports are dressed up for Christmas. And where I told you that Christmas decorations in Europe were more subtle, not at the Christmas markets. Right. That's kind of where everything happens. It's a center of life and it's where uh, you know, everybody goes to sort of get in the Christmas spirit. We'll talk more about that on the next show. Um, again, we, we are fans of the Viking River Cruise. We are now hooked, I believe, on Viking River Cruises. We will go again. The uh, Christmas Cruise is a must do. If you're looking to do this cruise, contact Kevin quickly. And If you're looking at 2018, you have to act almost immediately. Yep. Kevin at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com, or if you just want to try any other river cruises, that is certainly something he can look into for you. Viking Ocean well. Cruises, too. Ocean Cruises, as well. Sam says bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. We really appreciate it. Again, this was part one of our series on our Viking River Cruise for the Christmas markets. Uh, stay tuned. Next week, we'll be doing part two, where we'll actually talk to you about the markets themselves and the ports of call. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation.